Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. It is the Riot Podcast. This is the intro. We record this after we record all the rest of the podcast yeah. so that we can uh, talk to you about what you <laughs> prepare you for what you're about to hear. What a well, good explanation. Here's the issue, though. We don't have much time, so you're not getting a super long intro because we're in the middle of still fundraising. Yes, we're still going. We're we still are going. We're almost done with our fall fundraiser. In fact, uh, today's the last podcast that's a bit shorter, but Monday we're back and hopefully Monday's fully is going to be funded. so long. I know because we will. <laughs> It's hard when you go back to talking for longer times about, like, riot stuff. Yeah. It's almost like we'll have to try to control ourselves. <laughs> or you'll hear nothing. <laughs> yeah, we might be so tired, so tired of talking that we just stop. So if you haven't supported, we heard from so many podcast listeners this morning. Go mm-hmm. to RadioU.com to help donate for the fall fundraiser to help the Riot podcast. Today in the podcast, we talked about how one in three men would give up a certain thing to have belly fat be gone. And Isaiah would give up a different certain thing, instead of, <laughs> which is really the headline of the story. But I think we don't want to spoil it. You have to hear it you know, when Isaiah, he actually says it in the shock. with your words. Right? I know. <laughs> it was, very hurtful. Actually, it was a very okay. Isaiah-centric show today. I was. Before that, we talked about um, how, I mean, we just have so many fans that just love me. Um, well, and, it's really increased our donations for yeah, this exactly. whole fundraiser, so we appreciate you stepping in with that and we just wanted to highlight your uh contribution yes <laughs> to this fall fundraiser yeah we talked about that and then we also got some worse of the riots to some uh some older ones one of them was talking about pandemic puppies oh. and how they are just terribly behaved jim is not my dog jim is not a pandemic puppy but he might as well be. I think he still counts. <laughs> he's, I mean, close he's close. Enough. He's close, close enough. enough. He's close. And we uh, shouldn't be. Uh, we should also be including a little bit of talk about a possible reboot for Gilligan's Island. Oh yes, yeah. with with a very unexpected uh, people at the helm oh, of gosh. that. <laughs> if I it don't ever know. comes to be, if they were They're trying to push that, it. and I was a part of the Gilligan estate, I'd be like, <laughs> I don't think so. Which is why nothing's been made yet. Yep, I don't know. <laughs> You'd think the Gilligan estate w- at this point would just be happy to get some more money in the bank. But. I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're hurting, but it's not like they're making a lot of money off of the property at well, this Well, it time. also depends because I know like we normally talk about like the Tolkien estate. Yeah. You know, like that's got, that's a lot of bank right there. That's a yeah. lot of money. Oh, yeah. But sometimes the estates are not actually run by the families anymore. Right. Yeah. So the families get mad because the estate is run by like a company mm-hmm. and they sold it off a long time ago. Uh, and then, you know, it, it doesn't work well. Yeah, that's what the Bob Ross like estate, right? With yeah. Bob Ross's yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I've told you because Bob Ross's uh, family, they don't have any part of the estate anymore. Right. Uh, but the estate will sell Bob Ross for anything. Yeah. So <laughs> they you know, really will. Find Just out go about... walk around a, a grocery store T-shirt section, and you'll see. And you'll, you'll see Bob Ross. <laughs> you'll see what his. Well, support if you haven't. Again, at RadioU.com. We hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. And then we'll be back on Monday. Catch you next Bye. time. Bye.
If you're looking for hot takes on the day's most important news stories, uh, you're in the wrong place. You're listening to The Riot on Radio U. We're counting down to the end of the fundraiser. We have four hours. Hey, you know what a good woo, Isaiah. You like that one? You're born for fundraising. I know, right? We using that more during the week. I know. You didn't utilize my woo. We did not. You get Uh, ready because it's the final hours. Michael was taking up your seat. I know, yeah. He wasn't wooing either. He was not wooing. No, no. no. was from Michael. I think we see him fading out and you coming in more. Perfect, perfect, perfect. (laughs) Well, I wanted to uh, read you Isaiah Nathan. He's a podcast listener and got in a chance to donate on the final day for the Radio U Fall Fund. Fundraiser. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Been listening to Radio U. Love the riot and love the addition of Isaiah. One of the many. One of the many. I was going to say that's what the can first I say? One. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I'm sure it came in at other times. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. Just didn't see him. Well, I've been hiding. Uh-huh. I, like, people aren't saying things about Hudson, so I don't want like everything to be course, about me. You know, so, you know how that goes. Well, I was also checking too. Is it is uh, is there Nathan in your family? <laughs> it's, actually my, it's actually my brother. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, that was super nice of Nathan. We just wanted to share, Isaiah, that a lot of people have enjoyed the addition of you, especially yeah. for the yeah, riot for sure. into Radio U. And uh, thank you guys for supporting and keeping Radio U and Isaiah and so many others and so much music, uh, you know, continuing for the next six months. Isaiah, now that you have the floor is yours. What do you want to share? Well, you know, I just want to give a shout out to Nathan. You know, I mean, I've, it's been a long way to get here, obviously. And so, like, my fans, you know, all of you guys that are listening, I just shout out to all of you supporting Radio U, keeping it going, you know. Mm. You should have wooed right there. I know. Woo! Nathan, woo! Oh, that's why you're good. You go to so many sporting events. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's, it's been warmed up for a while. It's funny, though, because sa- until the woo, he sounded like he was giving, like, an Oscars acceptance oh, speech. Well, you know. <laughs> I, can't, I have to thank all the people, all the listeners, all the donators all that the got fans, me here. You know. Yeah. I couldn't do it without you. I also want to thank God and my manager. <laughs> Your manager. My parents, you know, my the family. Agent, yeah. Nikki and Hudson for working so great alongside Aww. me, you know. Well, that is. That's, uh, it, it was just the one. The, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the it was one. not just the one. There's been so many, yeah. but you just can't say the, it every time there was that more, someone says, I love Isaiah. We if can't there was say more than one, we wouldn't have waited until today <laughs> well, to no. invite you in for this. <laughs> to promote we it. just haven't yeah. said anything yet. You're There's right. been so much going on. You know what? I'll go back through all the many thousands of mm-hmm. uh, donations and I'll, I'll pull out the ones that say, you know, say, thank I, you guys. I, I, yeah, yeah. There's can, been so many. Can I, uh, Michael can probably do like a spotlight search of all the comments. Yeah, and just, just like, just like put Isaiah in there. In there. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that on all the Google Docs. So that's yeah. perfectly fine. Isaiah just, just scrolls through that every night. Let's yeah. just say this. There's more chances to still give for the Radio U Fall fundraiser mm-hmm. on our final morning and your chance to include whatever you want in the you comments. Can, you can yeah. say anything. Like you can say Isaiah. You can say like, I love Isaiah, the addition, whatever you mm-hmm. want. You I love say- Radio U with Isaiah, whatever you want. <laughs> The possibilities. I love the message with Isaiah. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. Yeah, I mean, endless. we could get my my number up a little bit. The Hudson's been mentioned. Nikki's been mentioned. I was mentioned once. Uh, Catch up the quota. Catch yes. up the quota. Well, I'm excited for the rest of this morning for the Radio U Fall Fundraiser. As we are wrapping up, we want to thank you and whoever you want to thank for your donation. To <laughs> keep Radio U going and keep us on the air. RadioU.com or 8772-RADIO-U. Hudson. Nikki. The Riot. On Radio U. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. 
It started from the tropic port aboard a tiny ship. Remember that song? Uh, is that Gilligan's Island? It is Gilligan's Island. Very well done. <laughs> you seem you. like you might have hated Gilligan's Island. You know, I only remember, uh, I think I was somewhere where we had to wait for a few hours and it was on the TV. Uh-huh. But outside of that, I don't so that's recall. How, that sounds I, like a bad memory. Yeah, it wasn't the best, but I, I don't know if that was Gilligan's Island's fault, but I remember it being like, oh, that's that show. Yeah, well, can you imagine, you know, like you're familiar with it enough, uh, Gilligan's Island is a very old TV show, what is that, the 60s? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a very, uh, similar to like the Brady Bunch, just all the shows from that time, very cheery and happy, uh, Gilligan and the professor and Marianne and whoever else, they're stranded on the island and they try to make stuff out of coconuts all the time or whatever, but they can never make a ship to get off of it. Anyways, uh, what if... Flaw in the... Yeah, <laughs> the what, thing, that's all right. What if they brought back Gilligan's Island, but it was with uh, directed by or created by James Gunn, okay. as in the Guardians of the Galaxy and the new Suicide Squad guy, and Charlie Kaufman, who, if you don't re- recognize the name, he makes he's a writer and uh, like he writes for movies and directs movies. And he makes very weird ones like uh, on Netflix. I'm thinking of ending things or eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Uh, it's very weird. Uh, esoteric, not, maybe you could say. Movie. Not bright, lighthearted things. No, from not like you really. were saying when the original Gilligan's Island was yeah, probably around that quite style. Quite a different feel. They want to do a new Gilligan's Island? They've wanted to since the 90s. Really? The but, two? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> starting with, it was Charlie Kaufman's idea. Yeah. He got Warner Brothers on, uh, this is a story that James Gunn was just telling. It's a tale. He, <laughs> yes, exactly. He was, uh, so Charlie Kaufman had Warner Brothers on board to do a version of Gilligan's Island. It would be a movie, not a show, Yeah, where uh, it starts out kind of similar, but then they eventually go crazy and start eating each other. Oh, on the island? Which sounds a lot more realistic, doesn't it? I know, but and boy, that's sad. That would have been pre-Lost, so that would have maybe nipped Lost in the bud if this would have happened. But the problem was Sherwood Schwartz, what a great name, right? He is the creator of Gilligan's Island, and his estate would not sign off on this. Ah. So then later on, James Gunn and uh, Charlie Kaufman together bringing the idea back. And again, Warner Brothers is on board. And again, more recently, the Sherwood Schwartz estate says, nope, not going to do a cannibal Gilligan's Island with James Gunn and Charlie Boy, Kaufman. you say no to anything, yeah, right? right. <laughs> Jeez, way to not be creative. Well, wasn't there a movie or a remake of a movie where they go to the island and uh, is it like uh, Dr. Would it be Dr. Sh- not Dr. Strange? Dr. Strangelove? Is that or something? No, I, I don't think that. There's an I don't know, it could thing, be actually. I've never there? seen that. And then it was remade where it's like, here, let's go to the island for the party. Uh, <laughs> it's always a party. And then they're like, let's kill you off one by one. Mm, <laughs> I don't know. That's, I mean, it, it's, I'm sure that's a movie. <laughs> I just have no idea what you're talking about. I, I just about. can't recall what its uh, name is, but I already thought it feels like there's something already there. So this does or does not appeal to you? Uh, probably that's a pass. Yeah, you think? This is the Worst of the Riot podcast. Yeah, so coming up this weekend, we've got football, of course. It is the fall, after all. But Isaiah, uh, you're a man, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. As I, our resident, uh, I am a man, yes. As our resident man <laughs> and our resident football fan, I'd like to ask you, 
Uh, would you give up watching football for two entire months if you could have a flatter belly? No chance. No way. Okay, no wait. chance. Well, you're not a good person to ask though, because you're you're in pretty good shape. This is not a good study for you guys, because none of you guys have belly weight uh, or fat, and you've never seen 30. me with my shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a rule in the handbook that you yeah. have to keep your shirt on. But this isn't exactly a study. I feel like that works for you guys yet. I don't know. I think. Uh, I wear baggy clothes, and you don't. I mean, I don't think I'm large, but I do think I have. It's all in one spot, and it's not <laughs> it's a good all spot. In one spot. Be, I wish it was evenly proportioned a little more. Well, they were saying that a new poll of 2,000 American men, uh, more than one third, would give up football games or sporting events for two months if it meant you could have a flat stomach. Mm-hmm. And they say that a lot of times, uh, guys gain weight from September to January. Uh, and they say they gain about then, 10 pounds or more. Uh, for me, also from January to September. That's as well. <laughs> That's a the whole en- year? The entire year round, basically. <laughs> It's my gaining weight time. Two week, like two months is a long time though. Like realistically, that's like eight games of for, a, foot- for a, like it's almost more than like for college football. That's more than half the season. Yeah, for foot for for NFL, that's half the season exactly. I think for any other sport because it's not so like with football, it's once or twice a week, maybe yeah. three times, but. Uh, with other sports, it's just like, how much are you really tuning in anyways? So, But football would be the tough one. But I want to say to everybody that maybe answered this question with, yes, I would give it up. Uh, you can. You can give it up. Is that a diet? Every time you yes to this question, <laughs> just stop watching football and work out instead of watching football during that time. Well, are they saying because September to January, like because that is such big football time, mm-hmm. is that why guys like you gain weight because you eat no. when you're watching football? Uh, it could be related. No, I don't, it's I, not related. Is it because you door dash McDonald's <laughs> Isaiah twice on a day? It's because it's cold outside. You were watching a game. It's cold and nobody wants to leave their house. It's when it's cold, small, so you just lay on your couch. It's a small piece of the puzzle. There's the holidays that are in that time as well. And yeah, Isaiah's right. It's cold, so you're inside anyways. You're not as active, We're inside probably. anyways, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> they say and, that uh, for you guys, you should pay attention to your portions, eat plenty of fruits and veggies, whole grains and lean proteins. Mm, it's chicken wings, lean, right? They're <laughs> Dude, everybody they chicken wings. <laughs> this one, see, this one's a little bit more intriguing for me. It says it also revealed that a quarter of men would give up their love life for two months for a flatter belly. That means like not talking to your significant other for, for two months. That means you're supposed to, that. for two months, just hide away and work out. That's like You're perfect. not supposed to watch any games, see anybody else, mm-hmm. don't have anything but lean veggies right. and protein. I think Nancy. I could go two months without talking to my girlfriend, more likely than two months without watching football, for That's sure. because she's not here. I think it'd be way, that sounds way more appealing to me than uh, missing football. Yeah, I was going to say. She don't. doesn't listen, so no chance she listens. Zero percent. Today you might be the only before. day. Hey, you said you know that before. Right. You're going to lose that. all that extra weight and a girlfriend too <laughs> double bonus <laughs> winner <laughs> i'm not passing along this break to her yeah, okay? we might want to not put this one in the podcast just so that it's not archived forever <laughs> so you can nobody can come back to well, that this there's one always for that you. girl thing where you're like yeah this girl lost like uh you know 200 pounds and it just shows her boyfriend's gone yeah exactly <laughs> no longer well, in a relationship you know what we're just going to put this study to the side mm-hmm. and just know that if you gain weight from September to January, uh, they say that for guys it tends to be your wait time. Great for you. <laughs> the riot promise is that they'll always have an opinion on everything they talk about. But that doesn't mean any of their opinions will make sense.
This is The Riot on Radio U. If you want to do any working out in South Korea, you might have to change your routine a little bit because they have decided to ban fast music from gyms. What would be the point? Like like EDM or? Uh, it just depends on how many beats, music? beats per minute oh, is what. They're going that specific? Yep. So <laughs> it could be any genre. If it's over 120 beats per minute. It's not allowed? That's going to be a problem. And it, they are not going to allow at least during uh, group classes. If you're uh, just going solo at Planet Fitness, you're all good. But if you're in a spin class or something, they won't no go that high fast. BPM music. Yep. So even if, so if you were working out and you had your headphones, you were fine. But they're talking like class music yep. or in the, uh, the one, the music everybody can hear yeah, inside the Yeah, over the, the speakers inside the, inside the gym. Yep. <laughs> and so, what's the point? Uh, well, of course they think that if you, if you have higher, uh, energy music yeah. that you will be working out faster and harder, I guess, they don't which want is that? kind of the point, but they don't oh, want you to COVID. do that because oh, of the virus. I see. They don't want you sweating and breathing all over everybody. I see. So it is, it's not over 120 beats per minute during group exercises to prevent fast breathing and splash sweating. <laughs> I did not know that was a term. Yeah. Uh, so they want splash sweating on other people. Oh, interesting. This is the kind of restriction that is just like it feels like they're just trying to be creative because they don't want to stop people from doing what they need to do. They want to keep working out available. Yeah, they don't want to start banning people from working out, but also it's enough far flung that, you know, away (laughs) from being a direct correlation that you're like, can you really, is this really worthwhile? Did you read down more? So basically these are new restrictions. So like they say that your body produces more respiratory droplets. Uh So that's what they're trying to restrict with heavy cardio. It also includes limiting treadmill speeds to a maximum of 3.7 miles per hour. And there is a ban of the use of gym showers. Uh, that, 3.7. 3.7. That doesn't sound very fast. Well, you're not supposed to go very fast at all. <laughs> you're just supposed to be going slow. Well, you know what, South Korea? We're one step ahead of you. We're doing our part to curb the spread of the virus <laughs> not by not all. working out at all. Yeah, <laughs> just We're trying to help. We're just not comfortable with that. I, as soon as the virus started, I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to work out. I cannot risk spreading the virus to people. So. Now, people are mad, especially about the music part. They say, who on earth checks the BPM of the songs when you yeah, work out? Yeah, honestly, I, I would not expect most gyms to be worried about that they usually just buy whatever music and they're playing that yeah, or um, play uh play like a radio station or you know like it could be a, a like radio you style station or just one of those music you know, yeah the ones or the <laughs> ones that you find on like tv oh. you know what i mean like if you have direct tv you have to have direct tv or uh they're just playing someone's spotify like, playlist yeah the samsung <laughs> tv plus has them now like all those free streaming free uh tv streaming services well now they all someone have has all to the make music one mixes. Yeah. that has a bpm of less than what they're restricting so it has to be under 120 beats per minute the riot podcast radio you Dog trainers are putting us on notice. Maybe mm-hmm. not as much you and I, Nikki, 
Uh, we are dog owners. We are. Or dog, and we both dog, have dogs. Dog parents. That's right. Because who can own a dog? No. Nope. Uh, but we both have dogs that are anxious. Yes, that's for sure. They, <laughs> they have separation an- anxiety. They do. They were anxious before the pandemic, yeah. so it's not like we can blame that. And our, I think for each of our routines, it didn't change all that much. For some people, are out all the time, and their dogs are used to, be, to the people being out, and then they were stuck at home for a long mm-hmm. time. The dogs got used to that. Yeah. And now it's hard to go back to the old way, but that's not what happened with us. So our dogs are just a problem. Uh, you know, they're just Yay! difficult to deal with Yay! all the time. But they have medicine, so but, it's okay. But they're, they're talking more like, say you got a puppy or you got a dog, even if it was older, but it was, you got it right during the pandemic. Yes. So it only knew that with you. This is uh, dog trainers saying that they are seeing some of their worst cases ever ever mm-hmm. following the pandemic where people got their puppies uh at some point because there was an adoption a puppy adoption boom there was uh during the pandemic because people just wanted something to entertain themselves but dogs aren't are more than entertainment well they wanted company yeah <laughs> I right think that was it you wanted someone to talk to and someone to be there yeah and uh, so dog adoption went way up and then what we we're seeing uh, is a lot of people that maybe didn't take the care to train their dogs as well when they got them. And now the dog trainers themselves are stuck trying to fix these extreme cases of dogs that uh, that just were not trained properly. And and maybe the owners, the the parents didn't care as much. Yeah. And now they're trying to trying to fix that and pick up the pieces. Uh, so you can still take I've, my dogs have all gone through doggy camp. Mm-hmm. And basically, it was like two weeks where they go stay with a trainer. Yeah. And I'm proud to say they've uh, forgotten most of it. So. <laughs> Super excited. Yeah. Well, I got my dog when she was about six months old. Yeah. So like she was still had a puppy. Uh, temperament like quality, sure. yeah but she had but she was old enough that she was, should have been kind of trained the people we got her from we didn't we just bought her off of craigslist yeah so she we didn't know exactly what we were getting into so there was a lot of uh retraining to go through there and it's not as easy once the dog gets a little older so uh she yeah i agree it's it's hard to uh to not just train your dog but then maintain the training that's the shaming part because then you you're the that's on you right (laughs) like when i come home and i'm like you you went to school for this (laughs) i'm telling my dog that like you and yes rollo you're you and sugar are the two that are worst i believe out of the two (laughs) my one dog cinnamon when she went you would have thought she was like the trainer was killing her Uh just to ask her to sit she would just be so overwhelmed right with like what (laughs) so uh she never she never did well. Yeah. Well, we've all gotten, I think it's easy to get lazy with your dogs. Yeah. But it, this is basically just saying, hey, if your dog doesn't follow the rules, don't worry. No one's dogs yeah. are really doing that right now. And so. there might not be anything you can do, especially if you don't want to go through the hassle and the expense of training, of paying a dog, actual dog trainer. It's not necessary, especially again, once your dog is a little older. Uh, if you don't do it right when they're very young, it is hard to train them once they get older. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, we and always it's say. also just depends on the breed, too. Because yeah. a lot of people think, I've always had dogs that are like bigger and everybody gets more intimidated with them. Yeah. And they say those are actually the easy ones to train. Right. It's the, the little ones. Yeah. <laughs> the little loud ones are the ones that are really hard. Yeah. So if you have one of those, just even grabbing some YouTube videos, just working with them. Yeah. Uh, it's not a bad thing to do. Yeah. So, uh, it and, and just another. This is a helpful reminder that if your dog isn't behaving, uh, you're not alone, but also it's your fault. It's 
It's really nice to have another dog owner in the room who also has a yeah a dog with some you know problems that we all get to work through. Well, I feel once you start, some people like to be fake about their dogs, oh, and no. they're like, "Oh no, she would never bark out the window at every single thing that ever moves." And yes, it's like, would. no, that's what they do. We all know this, okay? All of our dogs. My windows. Let's have, be honest. Have little snotty nose prints yep. from dogs. All oh, over mine's them. coated in it. I can't clean it fast enough. <laughs> Especially when a UPS truck shows up. Oh, yeah, there That's it is. That's the end of the world. <laughs> Welcome to The Riot, where you listen to us, and uh, that's it. It's pretty much a one-way street. The Riot. Radio U. Nikki, are you one of the people, uh, you're sitting at a stoplight. Yeah. And you know the stoplight is about to turn green, so you take your foot off of the brake and start like inch slowly oh, rolling forward. Do you no, do that? I wait because you never know when you're going to get tripped up by like, because you can see when it's going to change, like yeah, if it's going to turn green. Right. But then you never know if the other side's going to get like an arrow or something. Oh, uh-huh, you don't know. And then you look like the over anxious, <laughs> eager beaver. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not I going s- anywhere. I see people doing this all the time. And every time I just think to myself, I know I'm being very judgy, but I'm just like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Uh, Yes, you're able to predict that the light is going to turn green in a few moments. Very good for you. But what time are you... What are you accomplishing? What are you saving? By slowly (laughs) inching forward. It's not like if you... uh, like. You're shaving a second off of your time and you're going to get into work a second earlier because you skipped all the, you started inching forward at all the stoplights. Some people are just so done with it and uh-huh. they're just ready to they get through. They just hate to wait. You know what I actually see more of in the morning? Because again, Hudson and I, were at work real early in the morning, which means we're driving into work even earlier. Yep. I see people that inch forward and then they just go for it. Yeah. Even though it hasn't turned yes, yet. Yes, I've seen that too. They absolutely will run the red light and no one's around so they don't feel like they need to even wait at the light. I've seen that not not even at night or like during just during the day like just people will because what will happen is they'll start slowly inching forward there's a particular light at my house that i've seen this near my house i've seen this happen several times because they do what you said they start inching forward and then they don't care they think that their light is going to turn green but it doesn't one of the other ones does but by that time they're so far ahead they're just like oh no i'm gonna get hit i've got to go so and i mean seen motorcycles go and i know if you're on a motorcycle i think you can because you can't obviously all the time trip the sensor and stuff yeah so i've seen motorcycles go through but like these are just full red on lights yeah and you're you don't want to wait anymore it's just funny to see people's behavior like just the our impatience for some some people's impatience is so runs so deep they can't wait an extra <laughs> half a second at a stoplight. Yeah, they feel like forward. they're they're wasting their time if they don't start moving just a little bit. So I am I'm not like that. Okay, good. I'm ready to go too. Like I'm ready yeah, to get oh, moving, yeah. but I don't I don't uh, start inching forward until it turns. You green. can just press if you want to catch up with that person. You just press the gas a little harder, <laughs> and, uh, and all of a sudden you've accomplished them. the same thing. Well, I used to live without in, possibly running the red light. I used to live in one area, and this kind of taught me to. Not not do that because this one light near my house and again we go very early so mm. when you get cars around you they're they're on a mission <laughs> and so this one light was a semi truck route like a real big delivery one yeah. and they would always run the lights there the other way yeah and i can't tell you how many times they almost just slam right into you because you have the green light but they're not stopping yeah and so i would always have to wait sometimes even up to a minute after like you don't go through the light when you're 
turn green because yep. they're still coming through yeah, the other way. Yeah, you don't know. You, so gotta, you just have to stop and slow down. Extra caution, especially in the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> but, that's man, when people really There's don't just care. no accounting for people's behavior <laughs> 24 hours a day. Worst of the Riot podcast. It's no secret that the a lot of restaurants, particularly fast food restaurants, and just a lot of industries in general, uh, especially if they're like lower on the wage spectrum, having a hard time getting employees to come to work, having a hard time hiring people. They are, which I said before, and I'll say it again because I read this article about it. Uh-huh. You, if you were willing to go into a place and go work. Yep. You could make management so fast. Yeah. Way like when the when this starts turning and changing, yep. eventually this will. You know, it always goes like this. But right. this will go back to where it could be hard to find a job or you got to start at oh, the bottom. Yeah. It'll get there. If you worked hard at the bottom now because they need anybody, yep. <laughs> you could run the show. You already have a leg up. Yep. You could. You could totally be like making so much money as management if you just, uh, you know, tried right now. Yeah. Uh, but I just I throw that out there in case anybody's like, but I don't I don't want to do this. Well, you don't have to. They'll they'll sign you on as manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could start big. As somebody who's worked in food service, and this isn't really like a slight, I'm sure a lot of the, the managers I worked with would say this also, you don't don't have to be that smart to be a exactly. Don't take anybody. Yeah. I'm talking like you could be a franchise owner yeah. pretty soon if you just started right work, now. Work your way up. You'll be running the show for <laughs> but sure. they're having so many problems just finding anybody doing anything. Well, uh, and so this is what's happening with White Castle where they've admitted they have sent out or they've been reaching out to past applicants. They've sent out like 550,000 uh, where they've reached out to different applicants recently. Oh, to people who tried to apply but didn't get hired before? Yeah, or maybe never even got contacted in the first place. Uh, and they've been contacting people that have applied as far back as 2017. Whoa. So you could have applied to White Castle in 2017, four years ago. And they didn't think you were good enough they, then. I know, that's a, that's the sad part. <laughs> they didn't that's hire so, you. You <laughs> You weren't good enough for White Castle the first time, <laughs> which I'm sad you. to say. Uh, when I got started working, I definitely applied to several places where they didn't. Uh, they didn't take you. They didn't even call me back or Aww. anything. And I'm not talking like radio. I mean, in fast food and stuff, which is always that's pretty sad when you're reaching out to Taco Bell and they don't even get back to you. But so now, if you did and you never heard from them, if it was back to even 2017, it's not just White Castle. There's a lot of yeah, places we that saw are going back a few years. Cheesecake Factory specifically. There was a story where they reached out to someone uh, who had applied two years ago. They're working at a law firm now, so I don't think they're interested. <laughs> if you were the Cheesecake Factory person, so like, are you not wanting to come work at the factory? <laughs> you don't want to? We've got free food. <laughs> so if you apply to a place years and years and years ago, don't be surprised if you hear from that place because yeah. they're trying to find people to work and they're they're doing anything. Yeah, I I told Nikki, I get phone calls and I'm sure we all do all the time from these random numbers. You don't know what they are, but sometimes they're local numbers. It's just like, you don't know who it is and they don't leave a message or anything. And I always assume that's a robo call for some spam or whatever. It's not a cheesecake factory. What if it's all these white castles and they're calling me? I don't even remember replying to white castle years ago. I know you were to Panera. They want you back. They want me. Oh, they would hire, they would uh, make me manager. That's for sure. Yeah. I just think it is funny. They say for white castle, about 32,000 people 
uh, have actually expressed interest of the 550,000 that they reached they're, out to. I wonder to how many of those are from four years ago. It's a good question. If you, got, if you made it, if you applied four years ago and you're still interested, <laughs> well, maybe that things are not, you haven't had a good four years. But maybe you're working at a place where you can get more money then. Yeah. So if they're providing an attractive oh, It's option, fast food. You're not making more money. You don't know. <laughs> Maybe the White Castle, it's it's a castle. There's I, money in castles. Maybe, maybe White Castle, you work, you wound up working at uh, Crystal Burgers instead. <laughs> and so they like your experience. And they now gonna you're going to make in. you a manager for White Castle. That's enough of that. For more Riot content, head to riot.radiou.com. Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Right here in Greater Atlanta. Here's a little tale about hard to recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Plastics can be so much more. Give this trash a second chance at what I'm hoping for. Greater Atlanta's hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today. Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. For I am Costanza, Lord of the Idiots. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team on the banks of the Mississippi River, it's the Friedman Fantasy Football Show with Matthew Friedman. It's Matt Friedman, the Oracle. Who's the Oracle? He's a fantasy football genius, okay? No wife, no job, just pure football knowledge. He just licked a hot dog. And now, your host, Matthew Friedman. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to my fantasy football show, brought to you by Bets TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season-long and daily fantasy and sports betting content that you need, including my fantasy football write-ups and all of my NFL sides, totals, and player props. Use the highly original promo code FRIEDMAN for 20% off of your FTN subscription that is Friedman for 20% off at FTN. Thanks for checking out our show. Subscribe to the Bets TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. All right. It is it's the Friday show. It's the Friday mailbag show. We are recording this, however, on Thursday afternoon. Normally, we record it on uh, Thursday night during Thursday night football, but we are super organized this week. So we're recording on Thursday afternoon. In this episode, we're going to get to a number of questions on fantasy, life, and everything in between. But first, I need to tell you about a great giveaway we have at FTN where you can win a free trip to Las Vegas for the Week 13 game between the Raiders and the Washington football team. It is free to sign up. No purchase necessary. There are a lot of prizes you can win, but the grand prize is $5,000 in value, and it includes airfare, hotel, tickets to the game, and more. You can click the link in the show description for more details and to sign up. All right, producer Tom, Thomas Viola, psychic on the controls, connoisseur pasta, titan of tomato sauce, and long-suffering Jets fan Tom. Let's get started. What is the first question for the mailbag? 
All right, Matt. Question number one in the mailbag comes from Keen Xavier, and he wants to know, is it time to hit the panic button on George Kittle? Yeah, I don't know if I would say panic, but yes, I would be concerned. Uh, he's on IR for a calf issue that still might continue to linger into the season even after he returns. The team tentatively expects him back in week nine, but I mean, that means he's missing a month of action and it could take him some time to work his way back into playing shape. The 49ers offense this year has been average overall and below average at passing. He's no longer in a tier with Kelsey and Waller. He's in that tier now with Andrews and Hawkinson. So I don't think you panic, but I think you just accept the negative situation that you now are in. Just accept it. Just accept where you are. I like that question. <laughs> I mean, why panic? Panic yeah. doesn't help anything. <laughs> just, just you have to deal with it. Maybe go out, tweet at him some emotional quotes, uh, some motivational quotes. Just try and get him going. Yeah. All right. I, I never panic. Just acceptance. That is sort of my my de facto mode for doing anything in life. The Zen master Matt Friedman at work. All <laughs> yeah. right. Yes, absolutely. Unless a fly gets into the studio, then it's all out the window. No, no, no. If a fly is is buzzing around my face when I'm recording an episode, that fly's got to die. <laughs> Question number two comes from Cyrus Amirian. He wants to know, trade Jamar Chase and Darrell Williams or Elijah Mitchell for Mike Williams. Non-PPR, and he has Dalvin, Saquon, Pollard, and Herbert. I would say put. Uh, I think Jamar and uh, Mike Williams are close enough for the rest of the season to where it just it doesn't make sense to to trade away one and then to give up a running back who could actually be functional like someone you would probably need to use at some point. Mike Williams has 31 receptions, 471 yards, six touchdowns, 51 targets. He's top five in the league and 44 first read targets and six end zone targets. By the way, first read targets you can get that information at FTN data, uh, also with your FTN fantasy subscription. Uh, Jamar Chase, he's number one in the league with 13 yards per target. That's kind of taking out the guys who don't have uh, at least 20 targets. And then he's number two with five touchdowns receiving. Like both of those guys, they're wide receiver ones. They're they're roughly in the same range. So I don't think it makes sense to trade away Daryl Williams, who could have a pretty good run over these next three weeks with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on, uh, on IR or Elijah Mitchell, who in a running offense looks like the lead back. So I, I wouldn't do the trade. And I think big picture, every trade, you need to ask yourself this question. Does this move likely result in more fantasy points in my starting lineup? If you trade Chase and Daryl Williams or Elijah Mitchell for Mike Williams, I think you probably have fewer fantasy points in your starting lineup, not more. Because I think at some point, again, you have to... You have to expect that in the next three weeks, especially thinking of those as bye weeks, you're likely to start Daryl Williams or Elijah Mitchell at some point. Not having one of those guys will hurt you. The next question up comes from Alex Svetich at Hans Gruber Hit It. He wants to know, how difficult was it going from 2X to 3X? How big of a jump did you, did you make when you started increasing? Now, important context here. This is also a two-parter. Matt, you are a psychopath who listens to podcasts at three times speed. I have no, uh, you've explained your logic before. It still baffles me. 
And also, Eric Meyerchick wants to know, are you multitasking as well while you're listening to your Warp Speed podcasts? Yeah, uh, we'll take this one at a time. Moving from 1x to 2x was harder, I think, than the move from 2x to 3x. Moving to 1.5x was pretty easy, but it took a while, maybe like maybe years, to get fully com- comfortable at 2x. Um, and then last football season, I moved from Apple podcast to Spotify because on Spotify, you can listen at three X. And when I saw that it was like challenge accepted mofos. So immediately I could do three X for some shows with slow talkers. Uh, you know, like my show, for instance, no, I'm, I'm joking. Not like I listen to my show, but like Joe Rogan, for instance, he almost requires three X because that guy's a notorious slow talker. Uh, but I needed to do two and a half X for everyone else. Uh, so I did two and a half X last year for a year. Then I moved to three X recently. And honestly, I, now I can't tell the difference between that and two and a half X, but you need to train your ears on shows that, you know, like voices that you're familiar with. Um, if I try to listen to a new podcast now, I can almost always start at two X, but starting at two and a half X can be uh, a little challenging. Uh, now there's the potential question of why do I listen to podcasts at ludicrous speed? Uh, I'm trying to cram as much information as possible into my head. I'm trying to be efficient. And that gets to the second question. Yes, I am always multitasking when I'm listening to a podcast. I think most people multitask when they're listening to pods. Like I can't think of a normal person who like just sits down, puts in earphones, and is just like, I'm just going to sit here relaxing, listening to a podcast. It's always happening while you're doing something else driving a car, going to the grocery store, exercising, doing dishes, making dinner, taking the dog out, whatever it is. If I have a free minute where I'm doing something other than work, if I'm doing something that doesn't require my attention, like an AMA, just joking, uh, then there's a very good chance, like 95% probability that I am listening to a podcast. I still can't believe that you listen to him at three X speed. That blows my mind. Although I will say I did listen to one at one and a half times speed the other day. You have an argument. I yeah. can understand where you're coming from. Just keep listening at one and a half speed. And then eventually you'll be like, this sounds totally normal. Why don't I take this up to two? All right. Maybe I'll try it. Question four comes from George Contos at Contos 1094. Thoughts on D-Hop versus Calvin Ridley for the rest of the season? Yeah, I'm higher on Ridley than DeAndre Hopkins. Ridley has 10 and a half targets per game this year. He hasn't had the production that you want, but I mean, the usage, the usage is right there. And Matt Ryan is starting to look like, a, like not like the version of Ben Roethlisberger that we saw him imitate earlier this year. He's He's been serviceable the past few games. Hopkins is yet to have 10 targets in a game, and that is a little discouraging. Uh, His offense doesn't really need him, but he's still DeAndre Hopkins. He's still getting enough usage. Both guys are wide receiver ones, but I do prefer Ridley to Hopkins. Another wide receiver question for you. Ike Azar wants to know, what are you doing with Allen Robinson? I can tell you what I'm doing with Allen Robinson. Uh, I'm not starting him, right? Uh, I was low on Robinson last year. I was low on him the year before that. I was low on him entering the season, and I'm low on him now. In our rankings at FTN, we have him as a low-end wide receiver three, which technically means he's startable. But let's be honest. I don't have him in a single managed league, not one, and I feel great about it. I don't need to force myself to make a start-sit decision 
when it comes to Allen Robinson. That's the exact position I want to be in, not having to think about him and whether I need to put him into my starting lineup right now. And my hope is that if you drafted well, if you've worked the waiver wire, you can avoid Robinson until we see more consistency from Justin Fields. Robinson just has so much downside right now that I think it's worth avoiding him entirely. The next question up comes from CP at uh, Chris, and he wants to know the answer to the age-old question. What a burger or in and out All right. Uh, this this might be sacrilege. I've never eaten at In-N-Out, but I've eaten a ton of Whataburger. Um, you know, Whataburger is, I guess, more of a Southern thing. Uh, you know, it was founded in Texas. It's based in Texas. I grew up in Texas, so I had a lot of it growing up and in college. Uh, there's one close to TCU, open 24 hours. So, of course, that place would get very hectic on Friday and Saturday nights. Uh, I had some very good memories there in college. Uh, I actually think that the food at Whataburger is fine. I've heard uh, mixed reviews on the food from In-N-Out. I never want to talk negatively or make a judgment about something I haven't experienced firsthand, but I'll just say I've had such a positive experience with Whataburger that I got to represent Texas and be totally biased and say Whataburger. Uh, Tom, have you had In-N-Out and what are your thoughts? I have had In-N-Out this week, Matt. Uh, There's one right (laughs) up the street from me. I frequent it not often, but often enough. It, Uh you know, not every week, but you know, once in a while, it's always great. Um, I've never had Whataburger. Really need to get out there and try it. The thing with In-N-Out is it's not the greatest burger that you're ever going to taste, but it is, however, the greatest burger you're going to taste for $12. Like, I go, I get a, a quality burger, animal fries, and a milkshake, and I'm out of there for 12 bucks. If I want to do the same thing at Five Guys, I've got to take out a mortgage on my house. Like. <laughs> It, it, that's that, that's just the the price point to quality ratio is perfect in and out my biggest qualm they close at one in the morning and they should be open till at least 4 a.m yeah it, like, it feels like the kind of place that uh is requisite for soaking up alcohol oh fantastic great hangover food as well so i've been told um i, I do like that whataburger is 24 hours or close yeah. to it yeah that, what are what are animal fries Animal fries is basically just the French fry at in and out. Not great, but animal fries, they throw on cheese and onions and it's delicious. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, that sounds like the kind of thing that I would love. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. You got to get out here to Vegas and uh, try some. Yeah. Yeah. I will go to Vegas just for the in and out burger. That's why I go to Vegas. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe to see your producer too. I don't know. Probably not. I I will go to Vegas and make it a point not, not to, to see tell you. me. Yes, <laughs> just to, no. I will let you know that I'm there, and oh. then I won't. I won't see you. Just <laughs> just to be a punk. All right. Question number seven comes from David Funkhauser at Defunk Junior. Well, I mean, when you have a great last name, you got to bring it with a great uh, Twitter handle too. And he does. What do you do when you've played the top two to three scores in your league for the past four weeks? Is complaining on Twitter your only recourse? By, by the way, Tom, when I'm in Vegas, I will call to let you know about all the great meetings I'm having with other people. Just, <laughs> just, just to pile it on. Okay. All right. To, to, get, to, to get to this question, uh, yes, obviously, when you are running uh, incredibly poor, and you are going against teams that are just dominating against you. Uh, 
and there's nothing you can do about it. Let's say you're even putting up great scores. You're just facing people who are going off every week. Yeah, there's nothing you can do except complain on Twitter. That is the place to complain about it. Also, though, and more importantly, you should play in a league that has a playoff spot based on points scored instead of record, right? That lessens the sting of losing to a string of teams that are running hot instead of having a wild card based on record, right? Which is typical uh, of your general friends and family managed league. Have a wild card based on points. That way, more teams are competitive further into the season, and also the teams that actually deserve to get into the playoffs do, in fact, get into the playoffs. Matt, every year, my fantasy league's manager texts us at the beginning of the season and goes, anything we want to change before the year starts? And every year, I always forget all the complaints that I had from the previous season by that point. I'm setting a calendar reminder after this show because that is an absolute must for any league. Yeah, it's it's a great change. Uh, I think it makes the season uh, just more more engaging uh, the further you get into it. So, yeah. Question eight comes from Christopher Colmanero at Chris Colmes 88. Are you taking a wait and see approach with Rashad Bateman whenever he returns or based on what you've seen with Lamar this year? Is he going to debut as a plug and play flex? He's wait and see. I mean, I think you have the optimism that maybe he's a plug and play flex, but uh, you know, Bateman could be great. Some of these rookie wide receivers have been inconsistent and it's hard to trust a guy just in general coming back from injury before you have a solid sense of how much playing time he is going to have. But I definitely want Bateman on my roster because that offense is playing great in the passing game. And Bateman was a really talented prospect as as great as Marquise Brown has been this year and going back to the second half of last year, Bateman actually might be the better wide receiver. I don't know if he would be the better wide receiver right away, but he's got a lot of potential. So yes, you want him, but you have to wait and see. I think it would be irresponsible unless you're totally desperate to put him into your lineup before you've actually seen what his role is in that offense. The next question up, question nine, comes from Chris Demaria, and he wants to know, I have Hopkins, Chase, Moore, and Evans. Should I trade one to bolster my running back depth, depth, Zeke, Sanders, and Melvin Gordon right now for him? All right, I'm assuming that is DJ Moore and not uh, Rondell Moore. If it's DJ, then that's four guys at wide receiver who are, I'd say, no worse than very solid wide receiver twos, even in tough matchups. Uh, So if you have that much wide receiver strength, then I think, yes, you trade one of them for a good running back because you are weak at running back, especially given that Miles Sanders has just fallen off. Um, But a couple of things I think it's worth keeping in mind. I'm assuming that uh, this isn't full PPR, and I'm assuming that you can't get all four of those wide receivers right now into your starting lineup. If this is PPR, the wide receivers are worth more than the running backs, and Also, if you're starting all of those wide receivers, then I wouldn't want to lose any of them because ultimately you would just be taking points out of your lineup. But if one of them is on your bench right now, then yes, I would want to think of a way to convert those bench wide receiver points into starting running back points through a trade. All right. And our final question here is going to come from Brandon Chrisman. And he wants to know what is Billy Joel's best album, Matt? Well, I I hope everyone enjoyed the first, I don't know, we'll say 18 minutes of the show because the next 18 minutes (laughs) we're we're going to be talking about some, uh, some Billy J and I'll just say, uh, Tom, 
I'm probably not the connoisseur that you are given that, you know, you were born, raised in New York area. Uh, so I'm imagining that Billy Joel is something that, uh, you know, is like a rite of passage. It's just sort of like blood coursing through your veins. So I'm not the connoisseur you are. I, that said, I still, I, I still like Billy Joel. Uh, I'll just say like greatest hits one and two. I would say if you're, you know, just thinking about albums, that's probably the one, but I know that's not a fair answer. You're probably wanting sort of like individual studio albums. So I will say um, the early albums, they have their moments, but they're mostly two to three songs that are good to great that are placed alongside intermingled with songs that really only hardcore fans would care about. But The Stranger, right, in 1977, that is an absolute banger of an album. Like front to back, nine tracks, nine innings of no-hit baseball. That album is up there with Fleetwood Mac's Rumors as an album that front to back is nearly perfect, if not perfect. Tracks eight and nine, get it right, uh, get it right the first time and everybody has a dream. Those are the two weakest songs, but it's one, it's not uncommon for the final songs on an album, especially an older album, like from the seventies for the final songs to be the weakest. And then two, after the first seven songs, who cares about the final two? And even those two aren't bad. Everybody has a dream. Like it has a great Ray Charles type of feel with the piano and the organ in the background. The, the first seven songs, they are perfect. Moving out, the stranger, just the way you are, scenes from an Italian restaurant, which is basically three songs in one. Uh, Vienna, only the good die young, and she's always a woman. I mean, I I just there are only a few albums in rock history that maybe have an opening seven that can match that. Probably rumors, maybe Led Zeppelin two, maybe Led Zeppelin four, maybe Pearl Jam's ten, maybe Nirvana's Nevermind maybe Beatles White Album, maybe Abbey Road, maybe Hotel California. But I still think The Strangers' first seven are probably better than the first seven in all of those albums. And I'll just say also, I think that Stormfront, later Billy Joel, is also very good, very underappreciated within the total Billy Joel catalog. All right, Tom? I'm going to, I'm going to go make dinner and you can just talk for the next hour about Billy Joel. Sounds good. I'll wax poetic. I, w- I will say an album that you're missing on that list that I have to put up there. Van Halen one. That That's, is good. That is, I don't know if the first seven though, stack up. I, I mean, stack it, stacking up those first seven here. Of course I had to pull it up. You've got right off the bat. You got running with the devil. Yeah. Then you go into eruption, which is arguably the best guitar solo of all time. Yeah. Then you've got, and that fades right into You Really Got Me. Then Ain't Talking About Love. I'm the one. Jamie's crying. And then by Atomic Punk, okay, you're trailing off on that seventh. But then you've still got Feel Your Love Tonight and Ice Cream Man. I, for a day, it might it's, be the best it is, album. It is, uh, it is a great album. That is a great album. That is a great one to pull. I, I forgot. I'll just be transparent. I forgot about that. If I had thought about that, I maybe would have put it on the list. And it is... It is an all-time great debut album. Had to, yeah. had to give some shout-outs to that. But as far as best Billy Joel album, I don't think you're necessarily wrong with The Stranger. 
fantastic set of tracks there. Vienna might be my personal favorite Billy Joel song. I listen to it almost every night. Like, you know, you have that song that just every time you hear it, it just puts you to sleep because of that. It's, it is a great one. Uh, That probably is, I mean, out of the non, like non top tier hits, that's probably my favorite. I I will say though, turnstiles. I just, I can't, I, I I knew, I knew you would be the person who comes in with early Billy Joel and is like, no, these, these songs are really great. They're not just for the hardcore Billy Joel fans. I, you've got Say Goodbye to Hollywood opening track. Fantastic track. You've got New York State of Mind, one of his most famous songs. You've got Angry Young Man and Miami 2017. And to cap it all off, you've got what I would put up as the best Billy Joel song and what my mom would definitely say is the best Billy Joel song summer highland falls uh, i just i i cannot i i cannot there's too much filler I, i'm not going to insult you by saying some of those songs you just mentioned are filler um oh. I, i'm not going to do that but there's too much filler on that album there there are some really great songs on there too which like I, is a staple of early billy joel that he has some great songs and then some songs that aren't quite there and mm-hmm. like my my sense is that in the stranger he finally puts together an album where every song is just great. So, but I, I, uh, I, I get it. I get the perspective. I do. Yeah. I do. Like it, it's, it's a different take, but I like, I'm not going to go out there and say that you're wrong because the stranger is an amazing album. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that you are being true to your uh, clear Billy Joel fandom uh, and that you are being, I, I wouldn't say like contrarian on this, but that you were, you were going outside of the ordinary. Also, one more album that we absolutely have to put on that list before we get out of here, because I I won't even give you first seven songs. I'll just give you all eight songs. It might be the best album of all time. Born to Run. Okay. I mean, what song on that album is skippable? Okay. That's, that is a fair, that's, that's fair. And I will say um, Springsteen is uh, a, a massive hole in my pop culture knowledge. It's just like, it's not that I, I don't appreciate him. I just, I never got into it the way that other people did. So like, I just, I never, I never would have thought of Bruce Springsteen, but I, I absolutely see that. Yeah. He, he runs deep in the, in the New Jersey community. Of course. <laughs> I, I'm imagining. Yeah. I'm, I'm imagining. So, okay. You know what? One more like speaking or thinking of New Jersey, I would, uh, I, I mean, I would say there's maybe another New Jersey band slash artist. I know we could. Yeah. I mean, do you want to say it? Uh, I mean, you have to be going Bon Jovi. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that might be, I mean, now we're, we're far afield, but that might be, uh, if you're thinking about like great debut albums, although that one technically doesn't really count as their debut because they did have other, other albums before that. Mm-hmm. um but uh yeah uh slippery when wet that yeah that top seven uh thinking about it now i mean just just pulling it up there, there are some songs that aren't maybe like all the way up there but in that album alone you've got multiple multi-million streams on spotify you give love a bad name living on a prayer all-time karaoke song yeah. wanted dead or alive raise your hands is a good underneath track yeah, there's some great the songs. First, on that album. The, the first six on that mm-hmm. album, I, I remember this now. 
I, I used to work out sometimes to that album and I would stop after the first six. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the first six on that are great. Doesn't make the, uh, the first seven arbitrary cutoff, but still great album. Okay. Tom, I, I think that's it. I, I think, I think, so too. I think we've, uh, I think we've bored people long enough. Indeed. But that was a great conversation. All right, Matt, last question. Where can people find all of the great content you're putting out each and every day? By, by the way, Tom, Tom, come back. Did, does your mom ever listen to a show just because she knows that you're on it or knows that you're producing it? Or is she just like, yeah, I don't care. Oh yeah. No, my mom is my biggest fan for sure. Okay. So like she will a hundred percent listen to, yes. uh, to this. Okay. I would like to get her thoughts on the Billy Joel greatest album, or do you know for sure that it's turnstiles? It's turnstiles. Yeah. You, okay. Yeah. It, it has Summer Highland Falls. That'll be her choice. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, there we go. Uh, okay. You can find all of my work at FTN Network on Friday. We publish the fantasy football breakdown on Thursday, the best bets article on Tuesday. I publish the fantasy football rankings, which I update on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. All week in the FTN Best Tracker, I am putting in my NFL size totals and player props. And on Twitter, YouTube, your favorite podcast app, and on FTN, you can get daily episodes of the Freeman Fantasy Football Show and the Degenerate Sports Betting Show. And always use the highly original promo code Friedman for 20% off at FTN. All right, that is the show. You can find me and Tommy V on Twitter at Matt at the Oracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us and see you next episode. Sports and business both require great leadership to make big things happen. But the parallels between the basketball court and the boardroom go a lot deeper than you think. On How Leaders Lead with me, David Novak, you'll find conversations with the top athletes, entrepreneurs, and CEOs to talk about performance, decision-making, communication, and the mindset required to succeed. Listen to How Leaders Lead with David Novak and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Right here in Greater Atlanta. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. plastics can be so much more. Give this trash a second chance it was hoping for. Greater Atlanta's hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today. episode please leave us a review on itunes right here in greater atlanta here's a little tale about hard to recycle plastics their destinies were changed their new lives are fantastic what once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling plastics can be so much more give this trash a second chance it was hoping Greater Atlanta's hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag Program, happening in your neighborhood today. 
live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. 30 minutes from the field of dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team. It's not a lie if you believe it. On the banks of the Mississippi River. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. It's the Degenerate Sports Betting Show with Matthew Friedman. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. And now your host, Matthew Friedman. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Degenerate Sports Betting Show brought to you by Bets TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season-long and daily fantasy and sports betting content your degenerate heart desires, including my fantasy football write-ups and all of my NFL sides, totals, and player props. Use the highly original promo code FRIEDMAN for 20% off your FTN subscription. That is FRIEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. Thanks for checking out the show. Please subscribe to the Best TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. All right. It is Friday afternoon, which means that it is time for our weekly Propapalooza episode, where I highlight my favorite prop for every NFL game on Sunday. Before that, however, we're going to take a quick look back at Thursday Night Football because I like to punish myself. And also, I need to tell you about a great giveaway we have at FTN where you can win a free trip to Las Vegas for the week 13 game between the Raiders and the Washington football team. It is free to sign up. No purchase necessary. There are a lot of prizes you can win. The grand prize is $5,000 in value, and it includes airfare, hotel, tickets to the game, and more. Click the link in the show description for more details and to sign up. Producer Tom. Thomas Viola, sidekick on the controls, connoisseur of Posset, Titan of Tomato Sauce, and long-suffering Jets fan. Tom, let's get started. Talk about the highlights from Buccaneers-Eagles last night. Well, um, it was a football game that happened. There was a little bit of late drama, but that's that's honestly about all I got for you there. It was a very run-of-the-mill game. Um, finished 28-22, which means that the Eagles... Nick Sirianni definitely had the Eagles covering in this game. B is going for that two-point conversion. Got him to down to six points. Eagles do cover. The Buccaneers let one get away on the spread once again. Tom Brady did his normal thing. 300 yards passing, two touchdowns, did throw an interception. But Leonard Fournette, a great day. 22 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts through the air, meh. 12 of 26 for 115 with a TD and an interception, but he tacked on 44 yards rushing with two touchdowns. RIP Kenneth Gainwell owners. He did not have a carry in this game. (laughs) Only one reception for one yard. And and Miles Sanders, the under hits on his nine and a half, nine carries for 56 yards, man. Yeah. On yesterday's show, I talked about how the Eagles were in the top 10 in yards per play in yards per play allowed. And when you put those two things together, it makes them look like a good team. They have the trappings of a good team. But I also said that they lack the substance of a good team. And that's because of the context surrounding their production, uh, the circumstances under which they accumulate yards and yield yards. I said that the Eagles through five games had underperformed relative to their production. And that was true on an expected points added per play basis. That was true. And I said, that is the sign of poor coaching and bad decision-making. And then last night at the most crucial part of the game, Eagles head coach, Nick Sirianni finally decides 
to stop being a bad coach. And he went for the two-point conversion when the Eagles were down by eight, having scored a late touchdown. Now, analytically, that's the right call. Made by a coach who has done nothing right the entire year. I just, mm, I'm bruised. On top of that, the Bucks were ahead 28-7 to in the middle of the third quarter, and then they just went soft for the final 20 minutes, and they were just content to grind down the clock instead of push their advantage. And like that's a bad sign because they did let the Eagles back in the game. You know, the Eagles, if they had gotten a stop, instead of allowing the Bucks to to finish out that final drive, if they had been able to get a stop, they would have had the opportunity for a final drive at the end to win. They at least they at least would have had the opportunity, whether they had been able to do it or not, they would have gotten the chance. So instead of burying the Eagles, the Bucks allowed the Eagles to come back to life. It's just it's incredibly frustrating. The Bucks were clearly the better team last night. If you look expected points per play, 0.253 for the Bucks, 0.095 for the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles were just not able to get anything going, especially in the air, which is what matters most in the NFL. But really, they weren't having all that much success running the ball either, especially in the early part of the game. If the Bucs had stayed aggressive, they would have covered easily and the over would have hit. Instead, neither. I mean, just you can look at some of the big picture numbers in this game. 399 total yards for the Bucs, only 213 for the Eagles. 73 plays to 47 for the Eagles. 5.5 yards per play to 4.5 for the Eagles. 27 first downs to 16, 297 passing yards to 115. I, I mean, I'm just I'm just going to stop because I could just read down the list. And basically, at every point, the Bucks have the edge. It just didn't work out that way. They should have covered. I'm not sick with this outcome because I don't care really all that much because I'm still betting within the bankroll and the props hit. Thank you. Thank the sports betting gods for the props. Got over on the four net rushing attempts. And Thomas, you mentioned under on the Sanders rushing attempts. But it is highly annoying to see it play out this way. And one more thing about Nick Sirianni. It's dumbfounding that it makes sense in a certain way. Like the small things, like the decision making of, okay, I should go for it on this fourth down or when I am in this situation, I should go for two. Those are the most basic low-level things that a coach can get right. And often, it's the kind of thing that a lot of coaches get wrong, especially like the old school types of coaches. Nick Sirianni, being a younger guy, maybe he's a little more analytically inclined in terms of situational decision-making. But he cannot scheme for his life. He cannot come up with a way to get receivers open for Jalen Hurts or to use Jalen Hurts in a an actual real life functional type of way. It's only when they go no huddle and it's like, 
hey, Jalen, uh, go make some plays for us. It's only when that happens that the Eagles offense looks halfway decent. And some of that is probably the defense that they are facing in those situations. But uh, I mean, Nick Sirianni feels like the definition of a fake sharp where analytically he might be doing the small things that could give you an edge and the easy things that a coach can do. But in terms of actually creating a system that suits his players, no way. There's no way he's he can do that, or at least not on the evidence of what we've seen through five games. Anyway, we're on to Sunday. All right, let's talk about props. Uh, I'm going to highlight my favorite prop in each game this Sunday for all of my bets. Check out the FTN Bets Tracker. There's a link to it in the show description. And for researching, I've relied on three key resources. Number one, Jeff Ratcliffe's Player Props Tool. It is one of the best tools in the industry for helping you quickly compare prices across books and to see the edge you have in any given bet based on what Jeff is betting and projecting. Number two, the prop shop at FTN Bets. It is basically Google for all of the props on the market. And then number three, the site-wide projections we have at FTN, which are created by Kyle Murray, one of the best projection guys in the business. All right, let's get into it. Tom, set me up. What game are we talking about first? The revenge for the war of 1812 continues, Matt, as the NFL continues to send horrible franchises over to London to play football that no one asked for. The Dolphins take on England's team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, this week in, I believe they're back in uh, Wembley? Or are they in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Who I, cares? I, think I think they're still they're still at the at hot Hotspur. tot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, White Hart Lane 2, terrible football boogaloo. At least Spurs fans are familiar with bad football. James Robinson, over 72 and a half rushing yards, is the first prop that we have on our board. Yeah. And you can get this at BetMGM minus 110 odds. Head coach Urban Meyer, he wants to have a physical run-heavy offense. Uh, there was a press conference last week after their loss where he said he was pleased in some ways with how the offense had played and that they had great balance. You know, ideally he would like 250 yards rushing and 250 yards passing, which is such a coach college thing to say. Uh un unreal. So anyway, this guy he wants a ground-based game. Evidently he's a big fan of the grind. Uh, as for Robinson, he has 88, 78 and 149 yards rushing on 15, 18, and 18 carries over the past three weeks. And that's despite the fact that the Jags lost each game. So the Jags would rather establish the run and lose than throw the ball and give themselves a chance to win. Absolutely ridiculous, but it caters to the over here for James Robinson over 72 and a half yards rushing. All right, Matt, the next one up on the board, the Packers at Bears, one of the NFL's oldest rivalries, and you are going Justin Fields under on 30 and a half passing attempts. Yeah, looking at this at DraftKings, minus 120 odds. Um, hilariously, I have the wrong notes here. Sorry, it will take a second for me to... I am trying to pull up the right ones for you right now. <laughs> I, I I've got it here. Well, I say I've got it. It will take me just a few more seconds. Uh, incredibly embarrassing, uh, but highly professional podcast that we have going on here. 
Uh, Tom, I, I would blame this on you if I could, but we all know this was clearly my mistake. All right. Uh, <laughs> Bears head coach, Matt Nagy. Uh, does he seem like the kind of guy who wants to run an optimal offense? No, very much no. Uh, with quarterback Justin Fields, the Bears are playing slowly and conservatively. They're opting to rely on their running game. They're probably going to do that this week, even though they're without their, their top two running backs. They're down to number three running back, Khalil Herbert. In his three starts, Fields has attempted 20, 17, and 20 passes. Uh, the Packers are significantly favored, but I mean, the Bears have a pretty decent defense. They are at home. I could see them just trying to grind out this game, keep it close. And I think that means once again, we do not see Justin Fields uh, throw the ball all that often. Even if he throws more than he has to this point, we should expect that going from 20 to 30. That's a significant jump. And he would still hit the under at 30 and a half pass attempts. So looking at Justin Fields under here, 30 and a half pass attempts at DraftKings. Next up on the board, the Bengals at Lions in what will surely be the most watched game of the week. You've got Jared Goff under 24 and a half completions. Yeah, looking at this at DraftKings plus 100, the Bengals have the slowest pace of play in the league, 30.6 seconds per play. So the Lions will likely have, on the opposite side of that, fewer plays in this game than they usually do. On top of that, because the Lions aren't massive underdogs, the way that they normally are. They might lean more on the running game than they usually do. So you put those two things together, and I think it points towards the under for Jared Goff and the number of completions that he has. Uh, he's gone under 24 and a half completions in three of four games, and that's excluding the unrepresentative week one where the Lions had 81 offensive plays. So uh, the under, I'm looking here for Jared Goff, 24 and a half completions. The Texans take on the Colts in a battle that could determine AFC South supremacy. No, it can't. This is a battle of two bad teams, one significantly worse than the other. But you've got Mark Ingram getting a lot of work in this game. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, Tom. I don't know if I'd say a lot of work, but over nine and a half carries. That's where I'm looking. DraftKings minus 115 odds. The Texans are 10-point road dogs. Now, a normal team would have that stacked against them and would say, you know what, like, we're at a slight disadvantage, slight disadvantage. Why don't we throw more? Why don't we give ourselves a chance to compete? Uh, that's not the Texans, though. Uh, they're 10-point road dogs in the games that the Texans have either won or lost by no more than 14 points. Ingram has 24, 14, and 16 carries. I mean, it's it's unreal. Even when they are losing by 10, the Texans are completely content to run the ball. In the games that the Texans have lost by more than two touchdowns, Ingram has six and six carries. So if, if that number of 10, if that is somewhere in the range of accuracy, maybe the Texans continue to run the ball much more than they should. If they can keep it close enough, then Ingram, I think, should hit the double-digit mark. I think this number uh, at nine and a half is too low. I think it should probably be 11 and a half. So I will go over the nine and a half that you see at DraftKings. The next game up, the Rams head east to New York to take on the football giants. And Daryl Henderson, quite frankly, has been hard for fantasy owners because of the fact that he's left 
multiple games now this season early with some injuries. He has that injury-prone designation at this point, and you're banking on the Rams trying to keep him fresh with this one. Yeah, I'm going under 17 and a half carries, bet MGM minus 120. I get that the Rams are favored by nine and a half, 10 points in that. I mean, we could ex- we could expect them to run the ball at a higher rate than usual, especially in the second half, just in order to grind down the clock. But Henderson has gone over 17 and a half carries just twice in his career. That's uh, that's not a good mark if you are looking to bet the over here. And with Sony Michelle, you know, Proving himself to be a competent, at worst, secondary change of pace option. The Rams might, in order to keep Henderson fresh for the season, they might allocate some late game carries to uh, to Henderson, sorry, to Michelle, and uh, take them away from Henderson. So I'm leaning the under here, 17 and a half carries. The Chiefs head to Washington to take on football team, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will not be making the trip. He is out this week. Daryl Williams is the next man up in the Chiefs' backfield, and you've got him over 10.5 carries, although it's now been bet up to 11.5. Yeah, 11.5 at DraftKings, plus 100. I would still bet it there. Uh, Tom, as you mentioned, CEH is out. Williams uh, in relief of Edwards Alaire last week as the the in-game injury fill-in. He was the clear lead back, so I think he has a good chance to operate as the number one back in this offense for the next three weeks and against an underwhelming Washington defense. I think he will see extended usage in the second half as a road favorite. So 10 and a half, 11 and a half. I think this line should probably be 12 and a half. So I'm happy to bet it at 11 and a half at plus money. The Vikings take on the Panthers and you're looking at another great day for DJ Moore. Yep, going over 75 and a half yards receiving at points bet minus 115 in week five. DJ Moore had season low marks with seven targets, five receptions, 42 yards. Not great, but he still has 10 targets per game this year. And then this week, he faces cornerback Patrick Peterson, who, uh, I mean, he hasn't been good. He hasn't been good for a while, but he really hasn't been good this year. And so that matchup of DJ Moore against Patrick Peterson, that gives Moore the best overall matchup rating in our wide receiver cornerback matchup tool at FTN. So uh, a fantastic matchup for him. And then you just look at the historical numbers. Moore has gone over 75 and a half yards receiving every game this season, except for last week. I think this is a good bounce back spot. So I'm going over 75 and a half yards receiving for DJ Moore. The Chargers head to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. And you're looking at Latavius Murray to finally get some work in. Yeah. Uh, bet MGM minus 115 odds, 42 and a half yards receiving. I, I can't believe I'm betting this, really. I, I don't want to be on an over for Latavius Murray. I don't want to have to depend on those old legs that seem as if they're stuck in concrete whenever he's trying to get past the line of scrimmage. But The Ravens are home favorites, so they might have a run-leaning game script. And the Chargers have allowed a league-high 679 yards rushing to opposing running backs through five games. Murray leads the backfield and carries with 50. This is his moment. It's it's now or never. We talked about this on the matchups episode for the Friedman Fantasy Football Show. This is the matchup for him. If he's going to have something even 
minorly resembling a breakout game, it has to be now. So over 42 and a half yards, I think he has a pretty good chance of, of clearing this. I, I wouldn't say 50. I wouldn't say he gets 50, but I think he has a good chance of clearing this number. The Cardinals at the Browns is currently off the board because the news that Nick Chubb will be out in this game. So let's move on to Raiders Broncos. And I can't believe this is a prop, Matt. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Foster Moreau under 0.5 yards receiving at DraftKings minus 110 odds. And just got to say, the sports betting gods, may they bless DraftKings for putting out lines like this. These are the types of lines for backup tight ends that really appeal to the degenerate in me. I bet the Moreau under last week, it's seven and a half yards. Uh, and although the difference between 0.5 and 7.5 yards might feel significant, it, it really isn't. It, they're, they're basically the same thing. In either situation, you are betting that Foster Moreau will not catch a pass. Last year, he had zero yards uh, in 10 of 16 games. This year, he has zero yards in three of five games. Over the past two weeks, his snap share has dropped uh, down to 30% and then 22% from around 50% or so for the first three weeks of the season. Uh, and he hasn't been targeted over the past two weeks. So, you know, it's if he gets a target, there's a, there's a good chance the the over hits here, but there's also a good chance that he just doesn't get a target. So I'm going under. I love this under Foster Moreau, 0.5 yards receiving. There's a Foster the people joke to be made there somewhere, but the pathway is not connecting here. <laughs> Moving on to Cowboys at Patriots, and you're betting on a pass happy day for McCorkle. Yes, M McCorkle. Good old McCorkle. Uh, Mac Jones, over 36 and a half pass attempts at DraftKings, minus 110. The Patriots are underdogs, and Jones has gone over 36 and a half pass attempts in all three losses, uh, and then he's gone under in both wins. Uh, so there's a pretty clean split here when the Patriots are <coughs> What, sorry, that was, that was weird. When the Patriots are losing, uh, they're in a situation where they just need to throw the ball more. They could have that game script here. Uh, teams are passing against the Cowboys at uh, an extraordinarily high rate in part because they, uh, I'm speculating here, but it's not as if the Cowboys have a fantastic run defense. It's just that teams know they need to pass against the Cowboys to keep up with their prolific offense. Uh, and so every team to play the Cowboys this year has gone over 36 and a half pass attempts. Tom Brady had 50. Justin Herbert at 41. Jalen Hurts, 39. Sam Darnold, 39. And then last week, Daniel Jones and Mike Glennon combined for 38. I think there's a pretty decent chance here that McCorkle goes over 36 and a half pass attempts. That's his real name. I know. Someone, someone had to make a decision, and that's what they decided. They chose violence. They... There are some wild names in the NFL, but honestly, I think that might take the cake. Like it's it, it's up there. Debricka Shaw, of course, a great one. I'm a fan of Tredavious White, but who on earth names their kid McCorkle? It's uh, it is wild and yet also amazingly vanilla at the same time. It it really is. You hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah, 
All right. One last game on the board. Seahawks at Steelers. And Najee Harris is your go-to here. He has been consistent all year, and you like him to go over his total once again. Yeah, he has been getting usage, and behind that offensive line, he really hasn't been able to do much as a runner, but he did have a breakout game last week, and he's going against a Seattle run defense uh, that really can't do much. So uh, the impact of his offensive line should be mitigated. I'm looking over 71 and a half yards rushing at bet MGM minus 115. The Steelers are home favorites against the Seahawks who are missing quarterback Russell Wilson. So they will likely lean more on the running game. And the Seahawks are number one in most carries allowed to running backs, number two in most yards rushing allowed to running backs. So it's a great setup for Najee Harris. Uh, Jonathan Taylor didn't clear the 71 and a half yard mark. Uh, He had 56 yards on 17 carries. So still a good number of carries there. He did lose nine carries to Naheem Hines. Uh, Harris won't have the problem of losing carries to a secondary back. And then every other lead back to face the Seahawks has crushed 71 and a half yards. Derrick Henry, I mean, that's obvious. 35 carries, 182 yards. Alexander Madison in the backup relief role, 26 carries, 112 yards. Trey Sermon, 19 carries, 89 yards. And then Daryl Henderson, 17 carries, 82 yards. So I think this is a great spot for Najee Harris. Again, home favorite. We know he's going to get the volume. I love 71 and a half yards rushing to the over. All right. Of course, we will have Monday night football's prop for you on the Monday edition of the DSBS. But right now, Matt, where can people find all of the wonderful work you're putting out each and every day? All right. You can find all of the work at FTN Network on Friday. I published the fantasy football breakdown that is already live on the site on Thursday. I published the best bets article on Tuesday. I published my player fantasy rankings, which are updated on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday all throughout the week. I'm putting my bets into the FTN bet tracker. And then on Twitter, YouTube, your favorite podcast app, and on FTN, you can get daily episodes of the Freeman Fantasy Football Show and the Degenerate Sports Betting Show. And always use the highly original promo code Friedman for 20% off of your FTN subscription. All right, that is the show. You can find me and Tommy B on Twitter at Matt F. The Oracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us and see you next episode. Sports and business both require great leadership to make big things happen. But the parallels between the basketball court and the boardroom go a lot deeper than you think. On How Leaders Lead with me, David Novak, you'll find conversations with the top athletes, entrepreneurs, and CEOs to talk about performance, decision-making, communication, and the mindset required to succeed. Listen to How Leaders Lead with David Novak and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Sports and business both require great leadership to make big things happen. But the parallels between the basketball court and the boardroom go a lot deeper than you think. On How Leaders Lead with me, David Novak, you'll find conversations with the top athletes, entrepreneurs, and CEOs to talk about performance, decision-making, communication, and the mindset required to succeed. Listen to How Leaders Lead with David Novak and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.